2: Setting up Stripe was a breeze, taking just minutes to get up and running. From local markets to global retailers, Stripe helped me expand my reach and grow my business with ease. To learn how Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe can help grow your revenue and reach, visit Stripe.com slash Tap iPhone.
1: Daily Tech News Show is powered by you. To find out more, head to DailyTechNewsShow.com support. This is the Daily Tech News for Wednesday, June 20th, 2018 in Los Angeles. I'm Tom Merritt.
0: And from Studio Feline, I'm Sarah Lane.
3: From Studio, my daughter's dog tore up the thing upstairs. And now there's foam everywhere. I'm Scott Johnson.
1: And of course, our producer, Roger Chang. Hello, everyone. Mmm. Mm. That was an enticing introduction today, Roger. Hello. I like it. I like it, too. Uh, we're going to talk about being brave with your browser, and maybe get paid for it. But let's start with a few tech things you should know.
0: IDC reports shipments of AR and VR headsets dropped 30.5% year over year in Q1. Most of the decline was attributed to the end of bundling deals that included headsets with the purchase of a smartphone. So there are fewer of those. IDC believes that the market will return maybe growth of about 6% by the end of this year.
3: It all sounds right. Microsoft launched microsoft news i got this this morning before the show so i've had a chance to mess with it a news engine that comes with rebranded apps for ios and android and powers msn.com microsoft edge and news app in the windows 10 uh, system of course you have uh, stuff coming through skype xbox and outlook.com msn.com will keep its name microsoft news curates news from 800 editors worldwide just a quick note it's like what you expect it's kind of like flipboard or a million of those other competitors um but i welcome them to the fray
1: can't wait for the eventual rebranding of microsoft news apps to msn there you go uh disney raised its offer uh, for the large majority of 21st Century Fox that it wants to buy, the offer is now valued at about 71.3 billion dollars. That's up from the previous offer of 52.4 billion, and now worth more than Comcast's competing offer of 65 billion. Comcast's bid is all cash. So what Disney did in this new offer is said shareholders have the option of either receiving cash or Disney stock. Executive Chairman at 21st Century Fox, Rupert Murdoch, issued a statement praising the Disney deal.
0: It's like an auction. Who will be the highest bidder? 100 Microsoft employees signed an open letter urging CEO Satya Nadella to cancel contracts with U.S. Immigration and Customs Enforcement and clients who directly enable the agency. In an internal memo, Satya Nadella said that Microsoft is only supporting legacy mail, calendar, messaging, and document management workloads for the agency.
1: Whole thing, to be honest, made me think, oh, I bet I still uses Windows XP. Oh, I bet they do.
0: Let's talk a little bit
1: more about clothing, Scott.
3: Let's do it. Time to move to Vista, everybody on the border. Um, Amazon. Amazon's in the news, as they often are, and they're making its wardrobe service available to all U.S. Prime members. So here's what you do. Shoppers go to a special wardrobe section of Amazon where they can pick between three and eight items of clothing to try. This is starting to sound like a familiar service. You're probably not wrong. There's a lot of these sorts of things, but this is Amazon. Customers then have a week to try them on before sending them back or paying for them. Wardrobe has clothing from Amazon in-house brands, as well as bigger names like Adidas, Levi's, and Tommy Hilfiger. Uh, I'm trying this, by the way, because I have gone through a number of these uh, man clothes fitting uh, services, and none of them really work for me very well, so... I think this is actually for me, to be honest.
0: Well, yeah. Amazon doing this because, of course, you can buy a lot of clothes through Amazon makes a lot of sense. But if the other services haven't worked for you, Scott, why didn't they? And can Amazon solve whatever issue that was?
3: Yeah, that's a really good question. I mean, part of it feels like, well, maybe I'm. Um, this is just another step into the ecosystem, getting a little bit more out of my Prime membership. Um, cost may be a little lower. I'm fine with going with Amazon branded picks and Amazon choice types of stuff, which is what a lot of these clothes will be. Uh, I'm not picky that way. So, so for me, it sounds like I may, I may save money versus some of these other services. And then some of them just don't like tall people straight up. They don't give me the the tall versions of stuff I need. So I got shirts that look like I'm trying to show off my butt crack every time I bend over. So, uh, outside of that small personal uh, note, uh, I'm going to definitely try this and see, see what's up.
1: couple of important notes for those of you out there who do use things like Stitch Fix or Latote or Mr. Collection. There's no subscription for this. Unlike those other, you don't have to pay. You just order. If you don't buy anything, you don't pay anything. So that's a yeah. that's a big differential there.
0: But yep. if you wear something for a week and you decide, eh, I don't like this, who gets it next?
1: You're only supposed to try it on. You're not supposed to Real. wear it around. Well, it's like a store, and there are rules about what condition it's supposed to be in when it gets it. Got it. Got
0: it. Yeah. I mean, it's it's okay.
1: The EU's Legal Affairs Committee approved the copyright directive, including Articles 11 and 13 that we talked about last Thursday and yesterday with Patrick Beja. Uh, Article 11 requires sites to pay a license to publishers to include snippets of content in addition to links, like on Google News, for example. Article 13 makes sites liable for copyright infringement by users unless upload filters are put in place. Next steps for the directive include passing through the EU Council, so it would have to get approval there, and then... It would face a final European Parliament vote, uh, a plenary session, as it is called. That's expected to happen sometime between December at the earliest or the first half of 2019. Now, a few folks out there are still confused about the two directives. I highly recommend you go back and listen to Thursday's show for a more comprehensive discussion. But one common request is to explain what the two articles are intended to do. Article 11 is intended to stop Google and Facebook from linking to publishers' content without paying a fee. Uh, They believe a snippet of a sentence or two should be considered copyright infringement. It's not currently. It's considered fair use or the equivalent thereof. So they want this new directive to say, no, you have to pay for that. Article 13 is intended to stop copyright infringement by users who upload content to sites. So it takes away the safe harbor protection from a site unless they show they are attempting to stop users from uploading infringing items by putting in some sort of filter. And then, then they get some of those safe harbor protections back.
3: So if I raised my hand and said, but Tom, how about just a link? Do links count as a snippet or just content from where the link goes?
1: Just a link won't count as a snippet. There is some some debate over whether the headline, if you scrape the headline from the site and use the exact same headline, whether that would count.
3: Mm, okay. I don't know how to feel about this yet <laughs> I, I mean, I'm, what I'm going to do is actually go back and listen to Thursday's show and get the comprehensive. But I still, I don't know. Part of me... Knee jerks on this, and then part of me is like, Well, all right, we'll see how it goes. I don't know, I don't know how to feel.
0: Well, let's see how you feel about IGTV. Instagram announced IGTV, Instagram television, for longer form videos from content creators. All content creators, by the way, anybody can do this. IGTV will be both a standalone app, and then you can also watch from within the Instagram app itself. And from the Explore tab, that's how you get to it through Instagram. IGTV lets users, not just celebrities, upload videos. They're vertical. They're not square cropped like Instagram has been uh, historically. Up to one hour long. That's a huge jump from the one minute maximum that Instagram currently allows through the app or Instagram's web interface. So you can upload through the web interface as well. Viewers can use the Browse tab to see recommended and popular videos, creators they're following. The company also announced it has one billion users. I
1: think the most interesting Interesting thing about this is this isn't going to raise the cap on Instagram posts. Those will still be capped at 60 seconds. What they're saying is we want to have a new section that competes with YouTube, essentially, uh, called IGTV. In fact, we're going to have a new app for that, uh, but we're going to make it available in Instagram because we know that's where all of your followers are. And so anybody that follows you on regular Instagram will also, like with stories, follow you on IGTV. It's now the third service that Instagram is providing.
0: Yeah. And I mean, like YouTube, anybody can have an account and upload videos, whether anybody watches them or not, you're allowed to participate. But, and Instagram says for now, no commercials. But if you read the tea leaves, obviously their they're big creators can make the company and the creators money. No, yeah. they actually went, at,
1: went ahead and said, like, we want creators who have brand relationships to make money. So we will allow them to link out from these videos to those brands. So that that's, that's acknowledged. That's built right in. I
3: just don't like this talk of vertical instead of square. Mm. Not that I need square, but how about a little horizontal, people? I don't want to watch my content in vertical view only. Okay, that's- old man,
0: get with the
1: times. Everything's vertical now with the kids.
0: Yeah, Yeah, complaining about verticals so four years ago.
3: If if eventually your Roku or your Apple TV gets an app for this, which would be great, and you get the content there like you can for YouTube TV and other stuff, hey, why not have that so I can look at it on a TV without wanting to shoot something? I mean, seriously, horizontal, baby. Forget this vertical business.
1: Old man (laughs) yells at horizontal video of cloud.
0: (laughs) Yeah, I'll be interested to see what because there's always celebrities on all these platforms um, who kind of rises to the top. Is it the same folks who currently uh, enjoy a lot of success and viewership on the shorter videos that that they upload to Instagram? Is it a whole new crop of folks? How does it compete with something like YouTube, which seems like the most obvious competitor? I don't know. I don't watch any videos on Instagram. I hate Instagram videos,
1: but I'm also an old. This will change it for you. Perhaps. (laughs) Perhaps. <laughs> is what perhaps. Instagram hopes. Uh, a team at MIT has developed a system that monitors human brainwaves to help robots correct errors. This is really cool. Human brains naturally send a signal called error-related potentials, or ERRPs, when you notice a mistake. This is not something you have to think about. It's just a natural thing that they've found. Like, if you're watching someone else do something and ooh, and you, you see them make a mistake, your brain sends out this ERRP signal. So... They monitor that while you're watching the robot do its work. And when the monitor notices an ERRP signal, it tells the robot to pause. So as you see the robot about to make a mistake, your brain signals involuntarily, and the robot pauses and goes, whoa, what am I doing? Then you can make a hand gesture. There's also monitors to uh, look at your hand gestures, so you don't even have to speak. You just point and be, or, you know, or make a make a hand gesture and tell the robot What it should be doing instead, the robot corrects itself and goes on. Now, obviously, this won't work for every situation. This is the beginning of this system. But for testing it, they had a robot moving a power drill to a target. They had like several targets and the robot would have to hit the right target as it was drilling. And they improved from 70% correct selection of the robot to 97% once they used this new mind reading system.
3: Wow. Well, the headset part is rad. I'll give it points for that. Uh, and also, I think the potential of this is really cool. And also, the shortening of the name is great. It literally says ERP.
1: <laughs> you mean the error related potential? <laughs> is great. Yeah. There you go.
0: It's sort of like when you say that to another human about to make a mistake. ERP?
1: Yeah, right. No, it's exactly it.
0: it. And
1: and what's amazing is this gives the humans a role with the robots. Where oh, the robots are going to take our jobs. We're going to be the supervisors, and it'll be super easy because we don't even have to think about it. We just have to watch and go, oh, you know, and that's it. And then maybe wave our hands.
3: Well, I look forward to digital air-related potentials or derps. Those will be great. <laughs> uh let's talk about amc not the channel but the theater chain uh they have extended its Stubbs loyalty program which is something they already had uh but it's more now it includes a subscription service called Stubbs a list it's for 1995 a month and on uh starts on june 26th so not very much longer from now members of the service can have up to three movies a week excuse me and uh multiple movies in one day if they wish so let's say you wanted to see I don't know, The Incredibles 2, and you wanted to watch it three times on a Saturday. You could do that, but that would be your week. Uh, this includes, and this is the important part, and one of the big distinguishing factors between this and MoviePass, that includes IMAX and 3D, Atmos system, all that kind of stuff. Up to three reservations can be made in advance. The plan also waives online ticketing fees and offers discounts on food and drinks. My understanding is some of that food and drink stuff is upgrades, so like if you got a medium thing, you get a large for no extra cost, that sort of stuff. Uh, so we'll see how it goes. 20 bucks a month for AMC's attempt
1: I don't, to... I didn't see that it included Atmos, but I guess that makes sense. Uh, did you see that somewhere? Uh, I
3: did. So we did an article this morning on okay. TMS. And in there, it listed Atmos. Nice. They they could have listed it thinking that, well, of course, it's there because this is the one thing everybody wants. So I don't have a good source on
1: that. But I think the advanced that- reservations is one of the more important... Uh, advantages here too because you can't with movie pass you have to be in the theater present you have to be in the location they geolocate you before they can approve uh the the purchase and obviously this is amc's way to compete with movie pass and if you go to amc theaters regularly for your movies this is a better deal even though it's more expensive if you see but one or two movies a month. It's probably worth it because you get the advanced ticket sales. You can see the IMAX and 3D movies if you want. Uh, you get the Stubbs loyalty integration, which you don't necessarily with MoviePass, even though people have tried to work around that. Uh, it's it's a really good offering by AMC, although it locks you into AMC. Mm.
0: Yeah. That's the only thing. I I don't know. I see a lot of indie movies and so I'm not necessarily at AMC theaters and I also don't go to as many movies as some of you. So this is the sort of thing where I'm like, I would pay $20 a month and like maybe see one movie or end up seeing a movie I didn't really want to see because I'm trying to like deal with the, you know, this, this, uh, that I have. But, uh, for anybody who loves the theater and you're right, Tom, AMC is, you know, First run movies, lots of, lots of theaters, uh, lots of locations, lots of movies. So, selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business, from the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms because businesses that grow grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com/work. shopify.com/work.
2: The Claude 3 model family from Anthropic is your one-stop shop for enterprise AI.
0: I don't
1: know. Uh... I'll tell you what, if I didn't have a wife who worked for Fandango and the benefits thereof that accrue, uh, I would absolutely do this because most of the time I end up going to AMC theaters to see movies with the exception of a Cinemark. And this could drive me away from choosing the Cinemark because honestly, it's more about time convenience when I choose between the two versus brand loyalty or even location.
0: Well, and for those of us who have I'm sorry, Scott, for For those of us who are so used to uh, reserved seating, which I am like, I won't even go to a theater anymore unless it has reserved seating, because it's just such a nice way to go to the theater. That's a huge plus.
1: Oh, yeah, the advance because you can still get the reserved seating with movie but you have to wait until you show up at the theater, which means all the good seats are gone. Go ahead, Scott. No,
3: no, that was exactly what I was going to ask is about the reserve, reserve seating situation and if, if AMC is offering that as part of this or but I don't Because I don't, you
1: can do advanced purchases. Reserve seating is just part of buying the ticket. It doesn't really okay. matter what service you use. But when you buy a ticket in advance, you get a better chance of picking a good seat. Whereas if right. with MoviePass, one of the reasons that I wouldn't want to use it here is I have to wait until right before the show to buy my ticket, which means I'm probably going to be sitting way up front or something. I don't like that.
0: Yeah. And if you see, see that's the old way of doing it. Yep. Yeah.
1: Hey, folks, if you want to get all the tech headlines each day in about five minutes, subscribe to Daily Tech Headlines. You can get it at DailyTechHeadlines.com. All right. The Brave browser we've talked about on the show before. It's an independent browser that blocks ads and trackers by default. One of the things we've talked about previously on the show is that it uses its own cryptocurrency called the Brave Attention Token or BAT uh, to let you pay websites Either a regular amount, you can say, oh, give this much to them every month, or automatically based on how much time you spend. And that was one of the coolest parts of it is you could tell Brave, just track my, you know, how much time I spend at these participating sites and then split the money up amongst them based on that at the end of the month. The sites have to register with Brave in order to receive the payment. So it doesn't work for sites that haven't registered. And at this point, most sites haven't registered. But Brave is doing something new. Users can opt in right now to a trial that will deliver 250 prepackaged ads. Now, I know I said it does ad blocking, but they want to reward publishers for responsible ads, and this is their way of doing it. Brave says during the test, they will track users, but not share that information with third parties. The reason they want people to agree to be tracked is so they can train a machine learning algorithm to eventually be used on the device itself in the browser, and Brave never see what it learns about you. So if you want to join this, you can do so at community.brave.com. The whole point of the test, the end goal for Brave, is that you would be able to opt in to ad delivery that would be downloaded to your browser, like a package of ads would be downloaded to your browser, and then on your device the machine learning algorithm would determine which of those ads to show you in the browser based on what it has learned on your device about you. But that would never be shared with anyone else. It would stay on your device. It would not leak out any personal information about you. And users would get 70% of the revenue from the ads in the form of the brave attention token that they could then use to pay the sites that they like the content from. Uh, Another thing to note here is that Brave was founded by former Mozilla CEO Brendan Eich. He left Mozilla after a lot of controversy over his donation of $1,000 to support a California amendment to ban gay marriage. So some people are never going to use Brave just on that alone. But it is, besides that, a very interesting approach to say, let's have responsible ads that don't track you and you get paid for seeing them. Mm-hmm.
0: I'd like to know, yeah, what does that 70% of the ad revenue in the form of crypto come out to? You know, I know that th- these are uh, early days. Sure, but, sure. But, you know, it's like the incentive to, I don't know, buy a machine and start mining Bitcoin. To me, I'm like, I have no incentive because it's like way too late. And, you know, it's going to take forever. But... Yeah. What are we talking about? Yeah. Here? And because to be clear, you don't have to everybody.
1: do any mining here. There's no, no mining involved. I know that cryptocurrency usually goes hand in hand with that. It's just using the token as a payment. They're even saying like, eventually we might want to not even have to use the token and and do regular payments, but that's a little farther down the line. They also want the token to be used for other things outside the browser. So
3: so my biggest hang up with this, actually, I think there's some interesting technology and interesting philosophical uh, sort of underpinnings on this. And I think that's it's great to see uh, something like this join the fray of of browsers. Um, I my biggest problem is I don't I don't know how practical it sounds on the face of it to people who are just looking for a better browsing experience. So if somebody's coming along and going, Hey, Scott, what do you recommend these days? Chrome's really bogged down on my notebook, or I uh, can't stand Edge, or there's a problem with Firefox. I like to give them alternatives and tell them where to go. I don't know that Brave is giving me enough here to. To, to have that make any sense to anybody, even on a surface level, I may have some friends that are into cryptocurrency and they're mining Bitcoin or whatever they're doing, and maybe they're all over this by now, but it feels like a weird play to to just sort of placate that market or people that are into cryptocurrency <sighs> yeah, value. Yeah,
1: I'm, I'm glad you're bringing this up because that is the difficulty in being transparent and explaining this, but risking giving a misimpression. There's no, has nothing to do with cryptocurrency. They're right. just using the token so that they can more easily manage the payments. The right. only reason they're even mentioning that they use the token, I think, is because they want to be clear about how that happens. But you right. don't have to know anything about cryptocurrency. You don't have to know anything about anything. Uh, the key, it's kind of a chicken and egg problem. If they get enough people participating in this, the user would download Brave, answer a question, Would are you okay with ads? Yes. Uh, great. Would you like us to automatically determine how to pay sites or would you like to pick them yourself? You know, you make the choice and then that's it. You don't have to know anything. You don't even have to know cryptocurrency is, is under the big, under the hood. You use an entirely different payment processor to cash out your money. I, I've signed up com today. And so I, I know how it works and it uses uh, a payment processor. It's not PayPal, but it's one like that to, to get you your cash. So there's, there's nothing. About there's nothing, none of that hype around you know cryptocurrency around it, except when they sort of indicate that, like, oh, maybe BAT could be used to purchase other things outside the browser sometime, but you can absolutely turn them into cash.
0: Yeah, Yeah. I mean, it's a unit of measurement that's just the unit that we're using. I think, Scott, you make a good point, right? If anybody is Really dedicated to you know the advancement of machine learning models and specifically uh, advertisers and you know third parties having a lot less data on us end users, then I think that this whole thing sounds great. It's really interesting. I'd love to see how it evolves, and at the same time, Tom's explanation, like wait, it's not about cryptocurrency. don't worry that it's like that's already the problem for a lot of people. It's like, is it a good browser? does it look good?
3: Yeah. And it is a well, fast browser. Plug-in situation, like you talked about this this morning, and Tom made a good point about speed. I was noticing some of their, they had some speed stuff on there, which is, appeals to me. I look at it and go, oh, how are we performing versus, say, Chrome, which is kind of the juggernaut right now. And it shows better speeds across the board. Tom was very quick to point out, so is everything else until they start adding features that make it compete well enough with Chrome to have people switch because they have the features, but those features slow things down. Like all of that stuff matters to me as well and uh i guess all i'm saying is it's a weird pitch like it's a pitch that i don't think is at a universal like hey everyone who uses the internet check this out kind of pitch
0: although it's, it uh, is just a you know it's it's a it blocks ads by default right so even yeah. if you weren't going to be a power user uh you know helping robots understand our yeah browsing behavior better if it's a good browser then all is not lost
1: right and and honestly the pitch is super easy It's, It's, hey, would you like a browser that keeps your information private and actually cuts you in on the money made from advertisements and blocks the rest of the ads? That's an easy pitch, right? But the the pitch becomes complicated when people go, well, hold on. How do you do that? Like, that sounds great. How does it work? And so once you start explaining how it works, then the pitch becomes more complicated. Right. That's why I said it's kind of a...
0: Turns on us and then shares the data with... (laughs)
1: Yeah. Well, no, and that is the great thing about the eventual goal after they train the machine learning algorithm is they will have the data stored with your browser, so you are in control of it. Which is which is something that that most of these systems like trust us, we'll keep it private. It's like it's not even going to be on their servers.
3: Right. It might even be better just to say, "Hey, co-founder of Mozilla is making a new browser. You guys should check it out." And and kind of, I, mean,
1: I, I if but someone then- asks. That's you know, fraught with peril as well, isn't it? It is, but they could go and
3: look at it themselves and say, oh, it's walking me through this process of signing up a thing that lets me do cool stuff like blocking it. Oh, neat. Like they'll learn it on their own without me having to give them a PowerPoint. I feel like maybe that's the better way to push this thing, but I don't know. It's weird.
0: Brave new
1: world. The, uh, yes. the payment processor is called Uphold at Uphold.com if you want to, if you, if you were interested in how you get your money out of it. Nice.
0: Well, thanks to everybody who participates in our subreddit. Submit stories and vote on them at dailytechnewsshow.reddit.com. You can also hang out on Facebook with us, facebook.com slash groups slash dailytechnewsshow. And thanks to everybody who gives us great ideas every day.
1: And thanks to everybody who sends us the emails. Those too.
0: So- Pardon me, John, who's an IT manager at a 911 center in Pennsylvania, was listening to our show with Justin the other day where we were discussing how iOS 12 will have emergency kind of 911 geolocating built in. So it's not exactly like find my friends geolocating, but we sort of were kicking around the idea of, okay, does this, you know, does 911 need more Does 911 need this and how would it uh, make it better? John says, when you call 911 and the 911 operator asks, where are you? What's your address? They don't just hang up after verifying where you are. Then the operator needs to determine if the caller needs police or a fire department, medical services, maybe all three, maybe a combo of the three. And then the 911 operator needs to interrogate the caller to make sure that the proper response is sent to the emergency. Is it a prior burglary? Burglary? Or is the burglary happening right now? Those are kind of different situations. Is it a single family home? Is it a nursing home? Does the medical situation require basic or advanced life support? And so on. Third, the 911 operator can offer critical instructions to save a life, CPR instructions, even instructions to deliver a baby. These are highly skilled folks. Being able to pinpoint a caller's exact location is the first step in the 911 response process. But the process goes a long way from there to provide emergency services and tech is not able to bridge that gap yet, at least not yet, on its own without a human 911 operator.
3: I agree. I'm glad they're on that line. And that it isn't just some robot determining whether they need to come help me with my heart attack in the middle of the park.
1: Where yeah, I'm them. I'm still confused what Justin's problem was. Like I I thought this was a pretty straightforward story of like, hey, uh, now iOS, like Android and other operating systems, uh, will be able to share a more accurate location data with a 911 operator to speed things along. And Justin got into like, why is it even? Need- I I didn't quite well, understand. And, you
0: know, I kind of you know I. Uh, contributed to that as well. I have been lucky enough to never call 911 in my life. Not that I can recall. So I don't know that much about what goes on behind the scenes. So I was really glad that John uh, wrote in. But we were sort of saying, is this something that 911 has needed and just doesn't have? And is Apple kind of swooping into to to make the whole process better? And I think what John's point is, there's nothing wrong with having added value, but there's nothing that that, you know, pressing a button on your iPhone. And by the way, the I,
1: when you say it the way you said it just now, Apple sweeping in to make it better, it gives Apple way too much credit. Apple's behind. They are the last one to the party to implement this on their operating system. So it's it's Apple finally adding a thing that helps. Um, but at least, uh, you know, at least John points out like, hey, don't worry about the human operators. They're not going to get replaced by this anytime soon and that's that's important too. Yeah. Um, Cuz they yeah, as he as he very eloquently pointed out there's a, there's a lot that happens in these calls and I have called 911 before. So may, I don't know maybe that's the difference in the attitude too.
0: Yeah. Well, thank you John. It's always nice to have somebody who's an expert in a topic that we discuss to give us more context. Never stop. Also thanks to Scott Johnson, an expert in all things. Well, what has well, been going on since last week.
3: I'll tell you what. Uh you want the 411 on what I'm doing. <laughs> That's the thing you can call 411. I guess you can. Uh, Head on over to frogpants.com. That's where you'll find everything I do, including all of the shows, uh, all the show notes and content uh, that I create, including all the artwork and everything else. If you have any passing interest in anything else I'm doing, that's the place to go, frogpants.com. And as always, you can find me on Twitter at Scott Johnson.
1: Look, we don't know if 411 is a joke in your town, but we do know that if you need information about technology, Daily Tech News Show is committed to bringing it to you, and we do it... Because you want it. Because you make it happen. Thanks to everybody who supports us at patreon.com slash DTNS. And the folks who are so excited about the show, who write in like John did and help make it better, uh, and even wear our shirts and our hoodies and our hats to kind of spread the word. You guys help make the show even more successful as well. And if you want more information on how to find those hats and shirts and stuff, go to dailytechnewshowcom slash store.
0: If you've got feedback, questions, comments, anything, feedback at dailytechnewsshow.com is our email address. We are also live if you want to join us. We'd love to have you Monday through Friday at 4.30 p.m. Eastern, 2030 UTC. Find out more at dailytechnewsshow.com slash live. The
1: aforementioned Justin Robert Young will be back with us tomorrow. We'll talk to you then.
2: This show is part of the Frog Pants Network. Get more at
1: frogpants.com.
2: Pretty Litter is veterinarian developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to PrettyLitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hi, this is Matt and Sean from Two Black Guys with good credit from a local business
3: to a global corporation.